0: Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us for this episode for Sunday, November 28, 2021. It's entitled Matthew's Messiah, Issues and Answers. When I was growing up, there used to be a political debate type of show with news people and politicians, and it was called Issues and Answers. It might even still be on today. I don't know. (laughs) But let me tell you about that show. That's back when politics was way more than kabuki theater. I've always wanted to use that phrase like the mainstream media did a few years ago where every single person on mainstream media used that exact phrase on the same day. Tell me there's not coordination. And it was way back before politics was just back-to-back bad episodes of spy versus spy, like in the old mad magazines. And it kind of went like this, and I'll do my best to give you a feel for how issues and answers usually went. Stanley Klinger, not his real name, of the Washington Post, would ask in his best northeastern liberal nasal tones, Senator Ferndocker, what is your stance on the highway bill proposed by the president? And then Senator Smedley Ferndocker from the great and powerful state of Rhode Island, wearing Coke bottle glasses and a bow tie, He would say in the most somber tones imaginable, well, Mr. Klinger, I am deeply troubled about the Appropriation Committee's announced budget of 1.7 million. You know, first it's a million here, a million there, and pretty soon we'll be talking about real money. Exciting TV there, folks. (laughs) Absolutely. But as we look at issues and answers in Matthew 22 today, I want you to think about a couple of things. One is, you're going to see the Lord Jesus Christ actually putting the Sadducees, Pharisees, the, the scribes, the lawyers, the Herodias, anybody else who wants to jump in, putting them on the spot. They thought they were putting him on the spot, but you'll see how he turned the tables on them and truth won out. But also, as we look at issues and answers in Matthew 22 today, I want you to answer this question. You ready? What is your major malfunction? You know who said that? Pretty much every drill instructor ever. Well, I want you to ask yourself that as you hear some of these issues and answers. What is your problem? And the Lord may put his finger on it for you today in this episode. Well, let's go to Matthew 22 That's Matthew 22, we're gonna look at all the verses, verses one through 46, and it's gonna go pretty quickly. But let me give you the context first. This is right in the middle of what we call Passion Week. Jesus Christ has already officially presented himself to Jerusalem as the Messiah on the exact date that was predicted by Daniel the prophet, and he did this at the start of the week as he rode on a donkey into Jerusalem to thunderous praise, literally, literally fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah. And the Jewish religious leadership, who should have known about all of this, were still busy opposing Jesus Christ at every turn. Wow, wow, triple wow. Well, let's go to Matthew 22, 1 through 46. First, we're going to see personal issues and answers. This might be the place where you might recognize yourself and the need for a change. And Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding and they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as ye shall find, bid to the marriage." So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And here it is, verse 14. This is the point the Lord is making right here. Verse 14, for many are called, but few are chosen. Have you been called by the Lord Jesus Christ to faith in him? And yet, you have made every imaginable excuse under the sun. You just don't want to come to him, as some of these here that we saw. You are preoccupied with matters of uh, house and business and home and family and all of that. You just don't have time to mess with Jesus. That's basically your attitude. You better watch out. And Then we see another example, because the parable given was not only about, obviously, uh, could be applied to individual responses, personal responses, but it was about the nation Israel. And it's about the fact that the father had sent prophets, and finally he sent his son, and the Jewish leadership and the nation at large just had no interest in, no time for the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see at the second part of that parable that everyone was invited to come and many came and they were given a wedding garment so that they would be presentable and acceptable. And this was provided for them at no cost to themselves. All they had to do was accept it. Now that represents, I think, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. When we come to faith in him, we are clothed in his righteousness, not ours. And it's given to us freely, but it was purchased, of course, at great cost, his death on the cross. Amen? But notice here that one of these people snuck in, apparently, and got around putting on the wedding garment, and he was spotted immediately. And when he was confronted about it, he had nothing possible to say. What could he possibly say to defend himself? Nothing. Nothing. And he was cast out. This might represent people who want to, quote, come to God in my own way. Hey, good luck with that. Look what happened to this guy. If I was you, I would take the wedding garment offered <laughs> by the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in him. That's what you ought to do. So I don't know what your personal issues are, but we've certainly seen some answers right here in this parable. But let's go further. Now we're going to see political issues and answers in verses 15 to 22. Then went the Pharisees and took counsel how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians. Now let's stop right there just a minute. What a a double team. The Pharisees would be likened today to what might be called Bible-believing conservatives. They pretty much believed the word of God. They believed it just like it was written. You know, they got off track in their law keeping and regulations and all of that. But, but they, they essentially believed a lot of the right things. But they teamed up with the Herodians. Now, these were what I might call secular Jewish people of the day who were all that in a bag of chips about Herod the Great and his son after him. They just thought the Herod family were great. Well, the Herods weren't even Jews, and yet they were installed by the Romans to rule over the nation of Israel. So they would be viewed really as uh, collaborators, as virtual traitors to Israel. But it didn't matter because these two groups who probably hated each other hated Jesus even more. So they teamed up together. So go back to verse 16, And they sent out unto him their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth, neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Now, man... What a uh, carpet of flattery they laid out there, right? And uh, it didn't fool the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. But here's the trap. The trap is that if the Lord Jesus Christ condemns paying the tax to the Roman Empire, to Caesar, then he becomes an enemy of Rome. And maybe they can get rid of him that way. But if he agrees with it, then he makes a lot of Jewish people mad who hated the Romans, So they figured, perfect trap, no way he can get out of this. I don't know why they hadn't learned already not to do this, but anyway, they convinced themselves they had Jesus cornered this time. Wow. Look at verse 18. But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Show me the tribute money. And they brought unto him a penny. And he saith unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? They say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Sort of like the dog tucking his tail and, you know, slinking away, right? What a, what a picture there. So, basically, the Lord said, look, you know, you pay your temple tax. I mean, excuse me, you pay your tribute money to Caesar. And, uh, of course, there were temple taxes to the Jewish people and all that, too. But he was talking here about the tax to Rome. You pay your tax to Rome because uh, this coin that's made for that purpose, has his picture on it, has his image on it. But people, whose image do they have upon themselves? The image of God. For we are made in the image of God, right? So he separated the two, and they just didn't know what to do with that. So that would be an example of political issues and answers. All right, let's go further. Now we're going to see three theological issues and answers. Yeah, three, that's right. Theological issues and answers, number one, starting in verse 23 to 33. The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection, and ask him, now let's just stop right there. People often need some help on remembering who were the Pharisees and who were the Sadducees. Well, this is so easy the example given here is they did not believe there would be a literal resurrection. You know, the truth is if you dug deep enough, I don't think they believed any of this. They were religious liberals who viewed it as a great gig, you know, this whole religion thing. That's what I think they thought. They may not have always thought that, that's about where they were now. Uh, So We see here that God says, the same day came to him the Sadducees, which say there's no resurrection. So how do you remember who they are? Well, they were sad, you see, because they did not believe in the resurrection. That's easy. That's a little trick there. Remember that trick. Verse 24, saying, Master, Moses said, if a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now, there were with us seven brethren. and the first, when he had married a wife, deceased and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, a second also, and a third unto the seventh. Now, is that a ridiculous example or what? This is the kind of thing they love debating, by the way. Verse 27, And last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection... Whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Wow. Jesus answered and said to them, Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, Have ye not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob? God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And when the multitude heard this, they were astonished at his doctrine. So the Lord Jesus Christ knocked that one out of the park. Well, here's theological issues and answers Number two, in verses 34 to 40. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him say and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let's put it this way. If, the, if you were to observe these two commandments about loving the Lord, that God, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and you are to love your neighbor as yourself, that is treat them the way you would like to be treated, right? If you concentrated on doing those two things, probably without even realizing it, you would find that more often than not, you are obeying the law of God, because all of the law and all of the prophets are like uh great a great door which swings on two hinges and the two great hinges are loving God with everything we have and loving our neighbor as ourselves you know what everything else is going to go pretty well if we're doing that we're going to find that we're living the right way in a pleasing way to both God and man right they never saw this coming and the Lord crushed it on this one Then here's the last theological issues and answers. Number three, in verses 41 to 46. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. He saith unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord? Saying, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? Now, by the way, the Lord Jesus Christ was the great son of King David, you know, way down the line because he was from from, uh, the line of David. And yet the Lord is pointing out here that, Even King David understood that though there would be a descendant from him that would be the Messiah, the Deliverer of the Jewish people, that he would be no mere man because he called him Lord. He would be the God-man. Jesus Christ, the God-man, was standing right in front of them and they were completely missing him. Verse 46, and no man was able to answer him a word, neither durst any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. So, as I asked you earlier, what is your major malfunction? What issue or answer are you throwing out as a reason for not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, or as a reason for why you are not fully devoted to him as a follower of Christ? What is your major issue and answer? Well, I think you see here that they're really, the issues that are thrown out are no issues at all, and the answers given by the Lord Jesus Christ are more than sufficient to command your surrender to Christ and your obedience to Christ. Maybe you're struggling with this. I want to give you a phone number, 877-247-2426. One more time, 877-247-2426. Call that number and someone will help you come to faith in Christ and help you with your questions. I want you to know that with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can know for certain how your eternity will turn out. And instead of following Satan and being condemned with him to an eternal hell, you can follow Jesus Christ and be welcome into heaven and eternity with him. Maybe you're too shy to call that number. Go to www.chataboutjesus.com www.chataboutjesus.com. Before we go, I want to leave you some good news today, but first the bad news. In Romans six twenty three: for the wages of sin is death, but here's the good news, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, I thank you for listening today to This Week in the Word, I trust that it has given you insight if you are not yet a Christian and who you need to give your life to, that is, to Jesus Christ. And if you are a Christian, it has encouraged you in your life, your daily life, your walk of fellowship with the Lord. I hope that you will like this episode and you will follow this podcast, and that right now you might even share it with someone who needs to hear about Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening today. I look forward to presenting to you next week Matthew 23 as Jesus Christ makes his way to the cross and then to the resurrection. Bye-bye.